your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Hey, thanks for listening to Driven Radio. We're your home for the very best in automotive content and interviews. You can find us online at readthedriven.com, on iTunes, Pippa, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. Please follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and on Instagram at Driven Radio Show. We're coming to you from the uh, palatial Driven Radio World Headquarters. As you can tell by the, uh, by the, uh, the amazing acoustics. Yeah, it sounds that's, like that's we're not recording an echo. it. No. It's, a, it's acoustics. It's, it's because we're recording it in a bathroom. But this is the majestic hall. <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the one where the kings and queens come. This is <clears> the one that I realized two minutes before we started recording. <laughs> needs a new area rug in it to absorb some of the reflected sound. Just a little bit. But you know what? I kind of like it because I feel like say, DiMaggio, DiMaggio, DiMaggio. It does. Running for third, third. It does sound like we're in a steam room, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, that wasn't my first thought. But now, now that you mention it, I yeah, guess it does. Maybe we ought to sit around in towels. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm back with... My favorite co-host ever, yeah. uh, Mr. Mark Groves. Catfish. And uh, we've, we've have an, a new victim sitting here. Taking, we're taking him for a test drive. You know what? It's so funny the way that uh, you, you put out, uh, hey, you want to be a co-host? I'll pay in bad coffee and worse jokes. I can't and- believe how many people bit on that. And and you know what? And you got this young guy. That's what you're doing. You're, you're getting the young guys in because they like cars and they have that fresh look on their face. And they don't and, know any better. And within a year, he'll yeah, oh yeah, this guy will be away yet. drinking, smoking, and and basically looking at life like a toilet. <laughs> Let, let's rub off that glitter, shall we? Welcome to the club. <laughs> Uh, Evan Walkowitz. Um, I'm so glad you spelled your last name. I couldn't do it on a bet. <laughs> He's a, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you who he is. We'll let him tell you who he is. Uh, Evan, tell us about your background cards. Uh, I'm a McPherson College graduate Woo-hoo. here back in See, May. So. Good start. Um, Congratulations. You made it through. Yeah. yeah rough did, ride, but. When did you graduate? Uh, May 2019. Nice. So. Oh, check behind his ears. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of the young ones, but, you know. Um. Well, very good. It's a great program. I was a victim of that, too. Uh, what was your uh, What was your focus? Uh, history side of it. Oh, nice. So I spent a lot of time with Ken Yon. Yeah, yeah so, he knows our buddy Ken. So you can climb through cars and do the kind of the grading and what's right and what's not right and all that stuff? A little bit, yeah. Now, yeah. So he's he can talk your language. A little bit. You know, bit. because, uh, yeah. And, and I feel bad for him already. <laughs> Well, cool. And uh, <clears throat> what are what are some of the the uh, job opportunities, et cetera, that you're looking at as you're moving down this road? What are the kind of places you want to go to? And yes, we are fishing. <laughs> so talk uh, about that, Glory. What would be the best thing you could ever do? Oh, r- best thing I could ever dream do job. is probably dream job wise. Uh, I want to work on uh, vintage British race cars. British, yeah, yeah. yeah I own a '74 Jensen Healy. And dude, cool yeah. car. Yeah. Does it have the the two uh, carburetors? 
Yeah. So half the engine runs right and half the engine doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're absolutely I'm sorry. right. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that, but yeah. No. It, <laughs> How do you keep those sons of guns tuned together? Yeah, you don't. Okay, there we go. Hey, nice. Yeah. <laughs> LS swap. <laughs> that, that's part of their charm and, uh, and glory. I, well, I've always wanted to triumph myself. Yeah. So, uh, TR6. You and I both. Yeah. It's the only thing with tires big enough to kind of match me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I'm trying to see putting myself in an MG, and I'm like, oh, sweet mother of God. That's like dropping, you know, an egg on top of a toothpick, and, and it's just not going to happen. So, uh, uh, good on you for uh, uh, figuring out the cars. Now, where... Where are places that that, that happens? Is, is Kansas City, are there kind of niche places that are known for being able to do that? There's a few, but um, I'm trying to think of the name of right one right now, but it's lost on me. Um, there's a few, but it not there's not a whole lot out here yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah, not for City. British. Yeah, no. There's a lot of German ones. The Victoria British used to run out of Lenox, and I don't know, were they absorbed by LMC? Yeah, yeah. But surely with your background and a knowledge oh, yeah. of, of British stuff, that might be some place to look. I have looked into that. I Bad I timing or something. I know LMC was looking for help not long ago. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if uh, there's also... Um, Believe it or not, there's a branch of SEMA that runs out of Lenexa, and they were also looking for help. They were looking for somebody to do product descriptions for them. Hmm. So that might be something to look into. So right now, where are you working? you got to be doing something car-related. Uh, yeah, I'm working in a body shop over in Claycomo called CarCraft. Okay. So, And I'm the shop porter up there right now. So they're making you run through the gauntlet yeah. and do every... Do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, you're doing every rotten job, but yeah. one of the things you'll find as you go, and you probably know it already, <laughs> all those rotten jobs eventually will build up to the better stuff, and then you'll know every job in the place, and that's always really helpful. But uh, welcome aboard, and... Uh, be here. Uh, yeah, well... Don't. <laughs> he says that now. Give it yeah. an hour. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Where's that crappy car? <laughs> oh, believe me, it's right in the next room. That's one of the great things about having the studio in your house. The kitchen's not too far away. Well, Evan, if you've heard ever heard us talk, you jump in with both feet and be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, anything. Uh, if you've got something to say, make sure you say it, and you're going to have to cut us off to do it. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, speaking of McPherson kids, uh, tonight we're going to have Aaron Israel. He's a McPherson grad, but he also nice. he works at Brumos Porsche. Uh, in Florida, and he'll be talking about interning at the Peterson Automotive Museum, oh. working on vintage race cars. And Aaron, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, last May showed up at the McPherson Car Show with a seven and a half million dollar Peugeot race car. How do you? Oh, okay, race car. I was going to say, how do you come up with a seven and a half million dollar Peugeot? It was out of Brumos collection. Brumos has got an extraordinary collection of vintage race cars, and they came. Uh, Evan, or pardon me, not Evan. Aaron uh, brought that car. He brought a Curtis Indy car. Mm. They brought some really, really extraordinary stuff. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. We also have news about what caused Jesse Combs fatal high speed Uh, accident in August, which is just heartbreaking. And we've got a couple really interesting uh, press releases from Ford motor about the racing version of a soon to be released Bronco. And also, Oh, man. Just came out even... today. Just came out today. No, huh? no, 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 Come no. Come on. Come oh. on. Say it. Say oh. the E word. Say it. Listen, 
they got they got an electric Mustang at SEMA right now. Uh-huh. That's going on. I've seen a lot of it. It's They're 600 talking six hundred horse, and yeah. it's a really killer car. Yes. And that's fine. S- six and, speed. What kind hey. of what kind of transmission? What kind of transmission is it? <laughs> Manual. Listen, uh, unlike the gas powered ones, hey, she'll shift for you. You're talking about the guy who it's soft, fluffy gas powered. I, I have I have <laughs> freely admitted. I would own a Tesla uh, 100, uh-huh. uh, P100. Uh, I don't have a problem with electric cars so much, but... It's the people who drive them. <laughs> oh. But meanwhile, back to the ranch, because I... I <laughs> well, they're, they've announced another electric car they're coming with. Anyway, let's get into it. All right. uh, from Road and Track, police released a statement uh, Monday, a couple days ago, about the cause of Jesse Combs' fatal crash on her August 27th uh, attempt to beat her own uh, women's land speed record. Right. And she was traveling at right around 550 miles an hour. One of her front tires apparently caught something in the desert floor, and it took the wheel apart, and it was just at 550. It's just unrecoverable. It was not her fault. There's nothing she did wrong. It's just one of those things that happens, and just heartbreaking because she was really a huge proponent of getting uh, younger women more involved with right. motorsports, with building cars, with auto restoration. Uh, she was a uh, uh, she was only thirty nine. She was so young, and she was a really accomplished hot rod builder. Uh, she was a, an automotive TV host and. She was the fastest woman on four wheels. Now you said desert was. I, I cannot remember. Was this the salt flats or a desert desert? I, I would have to go back and check. I think I, I could be wrong here, but I think it was in Oregon. Oh wow! Okay, but uh, I I could be absolutely oh. wrong on that. At any rate, it was just a mechanical failure because of something because something where, where they yeah. were running. Yeah, there's not a not a Goodyear strong enough at 550 miles an hour to take a good thunk. Well, and you know, the, those those uh, those tires are engineered to go that fast. Yeah, but they're not engineered to go that fast with some kind of a huge defect in them that you would get from running into a rock or running uh-huh. into whatever it was she hit. And they've determined that it was a mechanical failure, so it was nothing that mm. Jesse did wrong. <sighs> well, just. Yeah. Unfortunate as can be. We'll have the link for the article uh, on readthedriven.com. Now, from Ford, this makes me happy. This makes me very happy. Uh, This is from a Ford Motor press release that I got earlier this week. Um, The upcoming Bronco uh, is supposed to be out 2020, Mm -hmm. later in the year. But Ford came out with a Ford Bronco R race prototype uh, <laughs> that came out to celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of Rod Hall's historic Baja 1000 win in the original uh, first-generation Bronco. The new race prototype looks like a little two-door body-on-frame <laughs> four-wheel drive. <laughs> I'm a happy Bronco owner. It looks like what we've all been hoping Ford would come out with. Now, remember, the reason they're doing the Bronco is because they're using, making a direct competitor for the Jeep Wrangler. 
Oh, so okay. Uh, what's been speculated on right now is that we're going to see a two-door version, a four-door version. It's going to be a body-on-frame construction. It's going to be aimed directly at Jeep Wrangler customers. Right. But they're also saying there's going to be a full-size and a baby Bronco. And the baby Bronco allegedly is based on the new Ford Ranger platform that the rest of the world's seen for a long time. And we're just now getting back in the States. And the bigger Bronco, the speculation is that it was going to be based off a Ford Raptor platform. Oh. But what they showed this week of this Bronco R prototype it looks like what we wanted. It well, looks know, like a two-door Bronco. But funny is the, the Broncos, I, I've never been all that fond of the Bronco look, but I have this memory of the Bronco and my G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if it was him or there was like some jungle Jeff or some stupid crap, but it was a Bronco. And I'm like, that is the coolest damn thing ever. And it was the kids up the street who always had that one. I had to buy the Walmart knockoff because we were dirt poor. But they had the, <laughs> they had the really cool ones. And it, it just, that iconic look of it. What a, what a lasting thing. And to bring it back kind of in tribute, but I'm sure that, that it has a modern flair to it. It does, it does, but and it looks like, uh, at least for the uh, Bronco R, like the uh, wheels were pushed out to the four corners. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not much in the way of overhang, which for off-road stuff is you know very yeah. practical. But you know how big a Bronco fan I oh, am. Oh yeah, you yeah. <laughs> I, I still got one. <laughs> That's like Christmas on four oh, yeah. wheels with uh, a big engine. So really, really excited at that. Very cool. Uh, we'll have links to that article available on readthedriven.com. Nice. Now, here's for the thing that Ford did this week that I'm just shaking my head, man. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And I may wind up eating my words and taking it all back later. But what I've seen so far now, it's yeah, only yeah. a it's a profile silhouette. It's nothing. It's a drawing. Right. But still, uh, another press release came out, and on November 17th, Ford is going to debut an all-new Mustang-based, fully electric SUV in an, on, in an online live stream. And also, along with that- <laughs> SUV on a Mustang? Yeah. Mustang-based SUV. Uh, wait, how does- Electric. I, what? What? Okay, wait, you know, I, I have to get my head I've had this on my computer for four days, and all I've done is shake my head. We, we were just talking about a Bronco, and then I think SUV, and I'm thinking, you know, da 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 And I have to remind myself that SUVs are the new sedan. Yeah, well, they are. So, of course, they come out on Nobody station wagons base. anymore. That's no. why we got SUVs. Yeah. Remember, no, you, you and that. I grew up, and there were Country Squires and Caprice oh Classics. And you remember sitting wagons. in that back seat that actually faced the rear oh, yeah, so the, that whiplash was oh, yeah, the, absolutely the, eminent? The you rearward, could see the, the, see the, the diesel coming to kill you? Yeah, the rearward-facing <laughs> carbon monoxide seat. Yeah, you always knew how you were going to die. Oh, no, there, there's, <laughs> Good a, times. there's a, a, a great bit a, uh, a comedian I love does talking about he and his two friends sitting in the rearward facing uh, <laughs> station yeah. wagon seat. And one of the friends had lost a hand due to a fireworks incident. So the kid kind of had a nubbin. Yeah. On the, you know, he had a nub on the, and he said that that kid would duck down behind the tailgate and there, when people were tailgating them when they were uh-huh. driving too close, and he'd stick that nub in his mouth and then sit up and look out the back window and freak the people out that were behind him. <laughs> I just love the idea of that, and it's kind of sad that there's a whole generation that's just, uh-huh. that they're just not even going to get it. But. <laughs> 
but I digress. Uh, anyway, Ford's coming out with an electric SUV. It's Mustang-based. It's got a Mustang mm. profile, at least from the windows down. Uh, it's got a Mustang's front end on it. Okay, wait a minute. So you're talking about a Mustang sta- station wagon. Yep. A mistake. Okay. Yeah, yeah or, oh, okay. or a must not. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> uh, Stank. <laughs> a mustn't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ford is also announcing the construction of North America's largest electric vehicle public charging network, Ooh. which is I kind of what Tesla was trying to do with all their superchargers. I think right. Ford's going to come out with a, a and. I'm wondering, I don't know enough about electric vehicles to know if they have a universal charging plug, if they've got one plug that fits all of them. But I'm thinking that that's going to have to be a thing, kind of like, you know. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, if if we got to have 47 adapters, if they're going to pull, you know, uh, uh, max crap. Where you know every year there's a different adapter to be able to oh, plug in your no, damn electrical it, thing. I don't even. I'm, you know, I your iCar. Yeah. Then, uh, but uh, there's going to have game over. But I, yeah. I'm guessing it's going to have to become standardized so that anytime you pull up to an electric charging station, you know it will fit your car. Well, that's like you go to what is it Costco? Don't they have the electric charging uh, stations like way in the end of the parking lot? And there's a bunch of places uh, around Kansas City where you can go, and when you park, you see the special parking just for the electric cars, and they've got all their little. Uh, hooky up pump stations you remember last month when i drove to vegas to go cover barrett jackson yeah that's a long drive it's Mm -hmm. it's a two-day even if you really fly you got to break it up i stopped at a hotel in new mexico the entire parking lot was packed full except for the six parking spots (laughs) next to tesla superchargers that's why you're angry at them is because you don't get to have that extra parking okay it all makes sense now i I was miffed i was miffed Anyway, uh, that's coming out November 17th. There's going to be a live stream from Ford, and we will have the link for that on readthedriven.com. And with all the articles, you'll be able to find everything on readthedriven.com. Our special guest this week is Aaron Israel of Brumos Porsche. Aaron's going to be with us to talk about what it's like to uh, work for the world-famous Peterson Auto Museum. Oh, the dream house. If you will recall, Casey Maxson was telling us about what it's like to go. Yeah. Uh, walk through the basement and see all the really cool stuff they've got. Polish iron gods. Just uh, so jealous. And uh, also, he's going to tell us about working on vintage race cars and maintaining the Brumos collection and going back to school and showing off the big, bad Peugeot race car you get to take. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't suck. If I could drive back to Mizzou and, and drive something really crazy cool, yeah, no, actually, I wouldn't care. I'd just drive the car. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like hitting the lottery and then going back and telling everybody, I'm the most famous person in this I'm and, surprised you haven't heard of me. And I'm just saying all that to be bitter and jealous because it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, Nicely yeah. played. No, I get it. I absolutely get it. Anyway, we're going to have Aaron with us coming up here in just a minute on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming you to you from, well... What sounds like a steam room in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Norwegian sauna. It's so good. Oh, Look yeah. at the steam coming off the rocks. Oh, it's so yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. It's so warm. It's like that uh, volcano. <laughs> I, I can't say the name of that damn thing to save my soul. It's a real one. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me to spell it. I don't think I could get it. Uh, Iceland, you are my queen. Well, we're still figuring out our new studios here at uh, Palatial Driven Radio Headquarters. Absolutely. Uh, also known as my house. Uh, but 
man, isn't it great to be able to record here anytime we want? Everybody can be comfortable. Kitchen's right next door. Of course, poor Wojo. Evan the Silent. Evan, <laughs> oh, say hi. Oh, uh, hi. How's it going? We, <laughs> we've got Evan from the last segment. Unfortunately, there's one thing that we might want to remember. Uh, more headphones? More headphones. More headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Poor, poor Evan gets to hear zip. Yeah, he's going to be staring at us going, I don't know what you're talking about. It's almost cool. Wait a minute. There's a Smokey Joe's there in the uh, in the, in the kitchen. Yeah, uh, feel free to get yourself okay. a, a little bit of dinner there. Uh, probably got way more than we need. Uh, we're, get, we're speaking with Aaron Israel, who is also another McPherson kid. God love us all. And uh, Aaron works for Brumos Porsche in Florida, but he's got oh. such a cool job and uh we're going to talk to aaron all about his cool job and all the cool things he gets to do aaron welcome to driven radio thank you it's a pleasure to be on here thank you for having me oh we're we're thrilled to have you you and i have been trying to get this done for a long time and we've been missing each other uh so thanks for being with us uh can you can you tell us how you how do you come to figure out you're a car guy give us a little bit of your car guy credentials and your background well, I'd start back uh, when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in NASCAR country in North Carolina. Um, so, I mean, I can't talk about cars if I don't talk about NASCAR. As obvious that might sound to some people. <laughs> um, don't don't really watch it much anymore. Hate to say that, but um, you know, that's where it all started when I was a kid. I grew up near Rockingham, North Carolina, in that general area. Oh my! And uh, every Sunday, you know, it was. Grandma's cooking in NASCAR, and so you know that that was life. And grew up watching uh, Earnhardt and Gordon tear up the racetrack. And when they'd come to town, we'd always go check out the trucks and the show cars and everything else. And um, got to go to qualifying when I was like four, and it just kind of went off from there. And then really got into what I would you know call classic cars as a kid. Um, when I first saw a '66 Mustang, and that's kind of when I fell for the older muscle cars and went from there and so that's kind of you know the two things that really got me into cars and grew, grew from there so i assume there were car people in your family yeah you know my parents kind of always you know pushed me to it um they knew it was my passion neither of them were car crazy like i've become my mom always had cool stuff my dad always had cool trucks um an uncle of mine was always drag racing so i think that's kind of where a lot of the influence came from and uh, just knowing that it was within the family. But I think I'm the first real big car crazy person in the immediate family. So it's kind of interesting. So given that you were a car fan and you did have this love, uh, you were trying to find some place to learn more about it. How did you find McPherson? So I first found a out about McPherson College. I was actually at the Pinehurst Concord Delegance. Um, that was back in probably 2014 or so. And I was walking around the day before the show talking to collectors at their trailers and truck drivers and just kind of being nosy and walking around the paddock there and seeing the cars before they even went on the field. And I was talking to one gentleman who had a gasser there and it was one of the events they had there that year and uh, he was a collector I believe from Ohio and he mentioned you know I was telling him I was going to school for business at the time and he had mentioned 
but there was some college in Kansas where you could specialize in automotive restoration. And so that always stuck in the back of my head. And I kind of tried to research that, and eventually I found it. And uh, the next thing you know, I see it on TV. Um, I believe that's when Wayne Greeny first had it on the Ichiko. And uh, I applied when I, you know, honestly never even visited the college. I knew if that's where I was meant to be, it would work out. So I applied, got in, and went from there. So... One of the cool things about going to school at McPherson is while you're there, opportunities for neat internships over the summer come up. Can you tell us about the internship you got and uh, what did you do? Yeah, so one of my first real big internships was at the uh, Peterson Automotive Museum in California. (laughs) And uh, I got that luckily, I mean, through the support of the college, but I mean, students like Adam Martin um, set that up years ago. And uh, Adam Mashiach, a graduate, uh, he graduated a year before I did, was working there at the time. And uh, was lucky enough to get the internship there and worked with alongside him in the shop. And uh, really got a great chance to work on a lot of significant movie cars. Um, a lot of cars I kind of grew up seeing. And it was really neat. You know, people always talk about the vault. And the workshop is in the vault. And so you're working in that environment all day long down in the basement. And so you never see sunlight. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. That's what I heard. It's so. kind, of, kind of, you know, you got a whole bunch of guys down there going, these are the best cars ever that I can barely see. Yeah, no kidding. This is well, awesome. Don't gloss over that. Tell us what you got to work on. Oh, yeah. Which one of these movie cars yeah. was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I got to touch Please. that one. And, and go slow. So, <laughs> I got to work on, um, let's see, uh, there was a few crazy hot rods I got to work on. The Grease Lightning car. Um, oh. Got to work on the Tucker. So the Tucker was oh. real neat to work on. Yeah. Got to work on one of the presidential cars. Um, Ford's Ferrari that he had. Got to work on it a little bit. Um, so some pretty significant cars, especially still being in college, to get to work on. For those who don't know it, uh, Enzo Ferrari gifted Henry Ford the second a Ferrari. It's a two. It was a two twelve, wasn't it? I believe so. Yes. So, just really, really cool stuff that most people don't even get to see. Um, what was the best thing about the internship? Honestly, it was the experience of working with that caliber of cars, and also the experience of living in L.A. A lot of people, you know, you grow up hearing about L.A. and what it's like to be on, you know, that side of things, and then to see what the museum atmosphere is in the car world. A lot of people see it, but they don't get to experience it. And it's a different atmosphere of working in a restoration shop, per se, because, I mean, you never know what's going on. You've got, you're setting up cars for shows, displays, um, different atmosphere. The work you're doing to the cars is totally different than what just your basic restoration shop would do. We're speaking with Aaron Israel of Brumos Porsche. Uh, Aaron, did you get to spend some time? Uh, well, uh, you did get to spend time in the basement. Of the cars there, what was your favorite? What was the one thing that you thought this stands out above all others? Uh, my favorite car by far was uh, Steve McQueen's Jaguar XKSS. Uh, just how that car presents itself, the curves, the lines, uh, the sound it makes. It was unbelievable. So you finished the internship. You go back to Mac. You finish the program there. You get out. How do you find your way to Brumos Porsche? <laughs> so, um, 
we took a spring break trip a senior year down to Florida, and we did a number of private collections, and uh, even made our way down to Naples, Florida, where the residence studio is. But our first stop was in Jacksonville, Florida, where uh, now it's known as the Bruno's Collection. And uh, that we stopped there, saw the shop, saw all the cars in the collection, and I began talking to the owner, being I was a senior, and let know that I was looking for a job. And uh, I was given an offer to join them in Indy to work alongside of them. And that went well. He got offered the job, and the rest was kind of history. For the uninitiated, can you talk about Brumos' history a little bit? Yeah, so kind of a short story of Brumos. Um, Brumos has always been a Porsche dealer. That's what it's been known for. It's uh, America's Porsche Authority is what it was known. Um, it started back with Brundage Motors, and it was kind of a spinoff of that, and a gentleman named Peter Gregg got into that and uh, grew what was Brumos' Porsche up with a race team. And if you know Peter Gregg and IMSA Racing and all that, it's there, the history of racing. And he kind of really built up what Bruno's Porsche was in the whole racing atmosphere along with Hurley Haywood. And that was uh, built up through different owners. And the dealerships kind of went away the scene, um, I believe, in 2014. And ever since then, it's been kind of just a private little car collection. And now we're going public. Uh, in January of 2020, so uh, we've got a brand new museum, and everyone will be able to come out and see what we call the Bruno's collection. You're you're uh, you're at the very end of it. You're trying to get everything wrapped up and ready for your big debut. Yes, it's uh, it's been a crazy year. <laughs> <laughs> and very exciting. Can you talk a little bit about what it is you do for Bruno's? So currently, I'm uh, assist with managing the car collection itself, everything from actually being a technician with the cars, um, preparing them for events, ordering parts, everything else. So we uh, work as a team to really kind of tackle everything together. And uh, what is the best part of your job? Best part of my job, I'd say being able to work around some of the most significant cars in history uh, and work along with people that are very knowledgeable with not only Porsches, but also historic Indy cars. Um, and then be able to be backed by the history of what Brumos is. What are some of your favorite uh, vehicles that are in that collection? So the Brumos collection, I mean, we're kind of split up between what the Brumos history cars are, so a lot of Porsches, and then also a lot of early uh, vintage race cars and Indy cars, open-wheel dirt track cars. Um, so... I get asked that question a lot. What is your favorite car in here? Yeah. And you know what I always say is which era? <laughs> but um, you know, it's I honestly don't have an answer. There's, there's, you know, I could pick from different eras. I could. It does it have to be a Porsche or does it have to be an open wheel car? And so, yes, when it comes to the Porsches, you know, I I look at, you know, like the nine seventeen ten. You know, mm-hmm. things like that that have Hurley Haywood's name on it and that he won significant races with. You know, it's kind of hard to work for Bermos and not look at those cars. Have you, had a chance to, uh, have you had a chance to test drive any of them? I mean, you, you're working on them, so surely you can go out and make sure that, you know, they're, they're all ready to really pound it. I'm pretty sure they don't let you take a 917 on a burger run. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've been blessed enough to be able to drive some of the cars. Um, I've driven a lot of the road. Uh, 
worthy non-race cars when it comes to Porsches, but when it comes to the early vintage race cars, I've driven a few Millers. Um, so that's been a blast. You know, it's nice. years ago, if I, you would have asked me what I'm doing in 2019, it would have been driving a Miller race car, but <laughs> it's awesome to say that. <laughs> so every year, McPherson College puts on a really outstanding car show right at the tail end of the school year. It's right in May. And lots of people bring extraordinary stuff to that show. It's a it's a show like no other. It's like nothing. It, a little college in the middle of Kansas has no business having that caliber of show. Can you tell us about the entries that Brumos brought to McPherson this year? Yeah, so I uh, was very thankful from my boss to allow us to bring out the uh, 1946 Novi Indy car, and then also the 1914 Peugeot Grand Prix car. 1914? And, uh, <laughs> and it, that, wow. that 1914 Peugeot, uh, Mark, is an extraordinarily significant car in that there were technologies used in that that nobody had ever seen before. And I'll let Aaron kind of go down the list. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that Peugeot? Yeah, it's um, it's known as being the first ever overhead cam four-valve per-cylinder engine designed. Um, it was built by a crew known as the Charlton's of Peugeot. They were kind of a little secret group hired to build this engine. And they built a few engines, and this one was kind of what they were known for, was the L45. So it was a 4.5-liter uh, four-cylinder engine. Um, one of the other great significant things about this car is it had four-wheel brakes. Um, people look back in 1914 and they go, what? <laughs> and that allowed them to corner and, you know, change tires faster than anybody else. And But... When you break it down, the design of that engine alone is what makes it significant. And when you look at a car like that, you kind of ignore the price of what things are worth, really, and you look at the historical value. And the the historical value on that is significant, and it's almost immeasurable. But when you brought that back, and you're at least partially responsible for it, the price has to be something that's in the back of your head. What's it like being the caretaker for a seven and a half million dollar car for the weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, yeah, people ask me that a lot is what's it like being responsible for, you know, million dollar cars. And I, to be honest, I put that in the back of my mind. I try to ignore the value when it comes to monetary value, because what's significant to me is, am I messing up a piece of history? Exactly. By taking this piece, you know, this leaf spring off this car, am I the first person to do this in 100 years? Am I messing up, you know, something that's going to ruin what someone's seen 50 years from now and changing what could be originality? Oh, why think and about so price what, when, uh, when disturbing history could make you, you could be responsible for that. Right. <laughs> It's like breaking the chair at, you know, George Washington's desk. I mean, damn. Oh, my God. You weren't supposed exactly. to sit in it? Oh, my God. Whoops. Exactly. I'm just trying to figure out how you would find 
parts. I mean, when, if for that engine, does everything have to be hand manufactured? Do you have the Do you have the paperwork from the original uh, schematics, or do you just kind of go, "Oh my God, what do we do?" and bring in the Amish? I mean, how the <laughs> hell do you do this? You know the way we <laughs> the way we look at it, and I mean, it goes along with the Millers as well. Somebody's got blueprints, um, you know, and it's everything can be remade. They made it then with the technology we have today, with three D printing and everything else. There's nothing we shouldn't be able to make. But so, okay. Uh, that's the way we look at it. That's actually great to know because for collectors out there, if uh, I didn't even think about the 3D printing, yeah. uh, the people that have all these old cars, I mean, didn't didn't your dad have one like socked away? Your grandpa or something had some old Gerbanger socked away in a oh, shed. Yeah. And uh, to be able to make parts for that, that's amazing. Extraordinary stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking with Aaron Israel, who works for the Brumos Collection. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the upcoming opening of the collection. Uh, you said it's going to open in January of next year, which is really... Just around the corner. Yeah, this this is no time at all. It's just a couple months away. Uh, <laughs> tell us what you can about the opening and what's going on. What are you trying to get ready? Well, the... The biggest news is that the Brumos collection in Jacksonville, Florida is going public. And it's always been kind of the best kept secret of Jacksonville. And uh, in January of 2020, we're going public. And uh, there will be about close to 40 cars on display at a time. Um, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at thebrumoscollection.com to kind of stay up to date on where we're at and what's going on. But that's uh, pretty much all I can tell you right now. Come on, you're talking to friends. Who are we gonna tell? Oh. We're not gonna let. Yeah, <laughs> we can keep a secret. I promise. Well, are, are you gonna have like uh, for the grand opening itself? Is it gonna be? Uh, tell us about a little. Maybe a, is there any pomp and circumstance? Any special stars coming out? Any type of this that? Oh, there's are, gotta be. Are you just gonna sneak up on the public and go Shazam? Check this out. You know, it's a lot of the cars we have, we've been posting about and kind of been showing, you know, they've shown them at different Concours events and Indy and uh, the Milwaukee Miller Meet. You know, a lot of our cars have been shown throughout years. And so people that know us have kind of seen what we have. So a lot of what we have um, is known. But then there are some cars that a lot of people don't know about that uh, they'll get to see for the first time. Well, I'm certain they're so, going to invite their favorite podcast hosts. Oh, yeah, and they might even have, like, Smoky Joe sausages like you have you in the kitchen right now. are more than welcome to come down when we open up. Absolutely. <laughs> wow, I didn't have I'll to fish for that at all. <laughs> 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 all right, for a guy who ma- helps maintain such an extraordinary collection, what do you have in your own collection? Oh, yeah, what, yeah. What, what's in your garage? So, uh, that's probably going to be the shocker. I've only got vehicles i've got a truck that i drive every day ford f-150 and then um my project car is a 1926 model t whoa that's cool so what happened to that 67 mustang that you love that first one so that 67 mustang it was a uh, project too far gone for my knowledge at the time okay. and that was uh my first few years of community college and yeah. uh, before i ever went to mcpherson and so I sold it, just made a profit, and that was that on that. Yeah. So when I was in my first, and I picked up this Model P for cheap, and that's been kind of my thing since. I'm familiar with a 56 Plymouth that I picked up for cheap, and oh my God, was it way beyond any. <laughs> 
yeah, I parted it out. I sold parts to South Africa. It's surprising wow. how much they'll pay for trim. We will find That's you impressive. another one of those. Someday, I man. It. Just with those little, you know, uh, uh, what is it, lean forward, jet age fins, baby. Absolutely. All right. Here's my favorite <laughs> question for everybody, Aaron. I'm hoping you got something great. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> What's the <laughs> dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, I'd have to say the dumbest thing I ever did in a car was throw someone in my trunk willingly. I'm going to throw that out there willingly. And driven them down the road at an unknown speed and uh, all for the sake of winning the game. I, I remember this. So. This was, uh, I guess, was it your sophomore year or your freshman year? We used to play hostage down to college. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh I remember that. This is a McPherson thing? Oh, we yeah. got a witness. <laughs> well, I think that's where, and, uh, where, where so, we met. You know, the name of the game is hostage. So you take, each team has one hostage, and you throw them in a car, and you drive them out in the middle of nowhere in Kansas, you drop them off, and their team has to find them. Whoever finds their hostage first and makes it back to Kansas wins. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, I had a really fast car at the time. At least what I thought was fast. It was a 2013 Mustang GT. Yeah, I had a little bit done to it. And you put a human in that thing's uh, trunk? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, they took the the double amputee, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever it is, they got a future in Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) (laughs) He was a tall guy, too. I think he might have went deaf after that ride. But uh, that's what matters. Oh my! We've been talking. <laughs> I, I, I think he nailed it. <laughs> winner, winner, winner! Now, now we got to send him a stuffed animal. Oh boy! We've been talking to Aaron Israel of the Brumos Collection and Brumos Porsche. We'll have Aaron's Facebook and Instagram links, as well as all of those for the Brumos Collection on readthedriven.com and on drivenradio.com. Aaron, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks, everyone, for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, but we wouldn't be able to do it without our listeners. Uh, You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show. In the liquor aisle at the grocery store. Oh, this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm three days dry. This is not the time. (laughs) I'm Brett Radio. I'm Brett Radio. I'm Brett Hatfield. <laughs> see, see, see what you did. You see, see what, what you did. You see what happens, Larry. <laughs> I'm Brett Hatfield for Mark Groves and Evan. Yeah, Wojo. Uh, yeah, Wojo, definitely Wojo. <laughs> thanking you for listening to Driven Radio.